Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is off building the portal. And it's really coming along smashingly. I don't know, my British British show host? I don't know where that came from. I can't recommend checking it out enough. It's at soundhealthportal.com. You can go in and use both the nano voice if you want to do a, a quick run, just a quick review. I use that a lot for checking supplements. I take a vocal print. I take a supplement. I take another vocal print about 15 minutes later and see if there are shifts, see if things are creating an imbalance or just generally seeing, observing what happens in the vocal print. You can also go in and do uh, some, they have free campaigns. I'm not sure what's up right now. You go into soundhealthportal.com and you go to the, I believe, products and there will be campaigns listed there. And I think they may have the neuroplasticity happening as well as possibly PTSD and maybe biotoxins. Uh, I mean, sorry, 911. Those are toxins. And oh, bio diet, I think also may be happening. And for that, you can do it directly from your computer. You record two about 40 second vocal prints, which means a vocal recording. And you submit them and you choose your campaign. And usually within 10 to 12 hours, you receive a report by email with a lot of information. Typically, I got to say, it's really quite amazing. I really like having the Sound Health Portal online. It makes it much more convenient than carrying around a computer. Today's guest, Dorea Karim, I think is with us. I, I know she was having a little technical difficulty. So we'll find out in just a moment. As this comes together, this is one of those shows, Dorea is going to talk to us about biogeometry and more specifically biogeometry Uh, Her Biogeometry Signatures Mandala Coloring Book, which is not only quite lovely to look at, but really something in a very good way. Subtle energy shifts, really really combining the wonderful work of Ibrahim Karim Biosignatures into mandalas. It's really a, a great delivery system. Drea Karim manages the Biogeometry Company in Canada, where she had several biogeometry design and animal farming projects, teaches classes, and is part of the biogeometry research team. Biogeometry is the science of using the energy principles of shape to produce a harmonizing vibrational quality in the environment and on biological systems. Dorea has been working directly under Dr. Krim for more than eight years. In 2003, Dorea was awarded a Certificate of Merit from the Swiss government for her participation in the electrosmog balancing solution in Hamburg and Hirschberg. Dorea is a building biology environmental consultant with degrees in both psychology and graphic design. Dorea joins us to talk about biogeometry and her book, Biogeometry Signatures, Mandala Coloring Book. Welcome, Dorea. I'm glad to be here. I'm delighted to have you here. I, I want to develop talking about the coloring book, meaning I want to ask you some questions. I don't want I don't want to have to have you go through the entire Ibrahim Karim <laughs> biogeometry lecture, but I want to give people a little bit of background about biogeometry. But I want to start by asking you, what is building biology environment? What is that? That's not a, that's not a term we have in the Americas, and I know you were trained in other countries. So what is that building biology environment? Well, building biology is different from um, biogeometry. Building biology really focuses on, um, well, the reason, well, building biology focuses on getting the home as close to possible um, to nature. So they use nature as the gold standard in terms of natural building materials, creating a home with building materials that are breathable. So thinking of the home as alive, a home that will be able to sustain itself, getting your air quality to to be, um, you know, when you use modern building materials, you, a lot of times these are, they're not breathable. And the concept is uh, for energy efficiency, a lot of times is how do we keep the house as sealed as possible, which, can lend to a lot of air quality problems. So in building biology, we try to make sure that the air quality in the inside does not get worse than the air quality outside. 
Um, if anything, it should get better. And also uh, with electromagnetic fields, trying to make sure that you're not getting any types of wiring problems that give you magnetic fields in the home. Um, trying to make sure that you don't have a large exposure to um, uh, RF. So this is really building biology, um, and it it complemented the work in biogeometry so much because biogeometry we deal with uh, the shape of the building, and then we also deal with things such as geopathic stress. And the more uh, exposure to electromagnetic fields in the home that you have, the more that we'll find that the geopathic stress is um, is affecting the residents and is harder to correct. So it was just a natural, um, it was a, a natural thing for me to study alongside biogeometry. It totally makes sense in my mind. Can you say a little bit more about what is geopathic stress? So um, geopathic stress, I mean, probably uh, the, the most famous research with geopathic stress comes from a researcher called Gustav von Paul. And he's the one who did the first systematic study of geopathic stress that I'm aware of. And basically what he did is he went to two towns in Germany. And first he started with the town that has the highest incidence of cancer. And he mapped out what we call grid lines or areas um, of geopathic stress where you would have, for example, in these areas, it's very common to note that uh, you won't have um, animals being as healthy or uh, it won't be as easy for plants to grow or thrive in these areas. And then when we look at these areas, he found that these are areas that have what we call grid lines, lines running through the earth that cause stress on the body. So when he mapped these out, they found um, an 80% correlation, um, and they found that most of the cancer cases were on these geopathic stress areas. So I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have the, the I don't know the exact numbers of the study, but it was, um, it was an extremely strong correlation. And then more than that, they found that the actual cancer cases were clustered in specific areas around these geopathic stress zones. So when this study came out, um, a lot of people criticized it because uh, Gustav von Paul had picked an area with the highest incidence of cancer. Now, when he was doing the mapping out, he didn't. Um, he was followed by uh, local officials, and he would basically do the mapping out. He didn't know uh, where the areas were, and then they did the correlation. Mm. So he repeated the study again in the area in a town with the lowest incidence of cancer with the same results. And so when we study geopathic stress in biogeometry, there's, there's two types of what we call grid lines that we focus on that you will find um, most commonly in, uh, in homes. So you actually find them in all the homes. We call them Hartman and Curry lines. And there's a lot of different ways to pick these up. I mean, you can, um, you can pick them up. Probably the easiest way is actually showing their effect on the human body. So you can even, it's shown, for example, in, um, there's research showing that where if you place somebody on a grid line, then um, you'll find that the, with a neurofeedback machine, you'll be able to see those brainwave measurements changing. You'll actually see that they're able to less enter into resonance with the Schumann resonance. They are less relaxed in those areas. Um, and it's, I mean, when we, the, the reason really that we do focus on um, geopathic stress and biogeometry or we focus on the energy of the land is if you look, the development, I know that we don't want to go kind of through the whole story of biogeometry, but really the whole cornerstone of biogeometry is the study of the energy of sacred power spots and how we can recreate that. And the reason... The sacred energy spots uh, were the focus of biogeometry is because, uh, so Dr. Cree, my father, he's an architect. He's not um, a medical doctor. And when he focused on, the focus 
from an architecture perspective, was really looking at where are the areas where a human body can thrive, regardless of whatever medical condition you have. So what's an area or what's an energy that everybody can benefit from, no matter if your organ is um, underactive or overactive. And then that was where biogeometry comes in, where the whole research was how to recreate the energy of the sacred power spot. And we call it a centering energy quality because um, the, the energy of the sacred power spot is termed, we call it BG3, and we say the effect that it has is a centering effect on the, energy, on the, on the body's energy system because it will, um, it will bring the, the subtle energy system into balance no matter um, how long you're exposed to it. So with a sacred power spot, you don't have to limit yourself to how long you stay in a sacred power spot. Um, you don't have to worry about the underlying conditions. It will benefit everybody. So we say that it goes beyond um, goes beyond dosage, and that's that's really the whole purpose of biogeometry. So what ends up happening as well is, of course, when you focus so much on these areas that are known for these really um, beneficial centering energy qualities for the body, then you also begin to see well, what else do they do? And you actually find that in these sacred power spots. Um, the areas, they, they will correct the geopathic stress areas within them that are located within the sacred power spot. And so we try to figure out, okay, well, how can we do this in the home as well? Well, and so, 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 so far, everything that you've talked about, I'm familiar with your work. I, I've interviewed Ibrahim Karim, your father, so, and I'm a fan of the work. There's my disclaimer. I'm a fan. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite a believer. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And well, yeah, I know I interviewed him, and we've spoken a little bit also about this before. Yes. yes. And so up until this moment, people could, um, let's say, people could say this is, you know, they could fall. I, I, I'll use the word spell because I don't have a better one. Yeah, they could fall under the mm -hmm. spell or almost a, you know, like a hypnotic thing, you know, listening to your father speak, particularly your father, there's a certain cadence in the way he, he talks and, and how he presents that people could consider it, you know, snake oil or hypnotherapy. I'm not, I'm kidding, mm -hmm. but I don't know the right words. However, I want to talk about happy chickens for a moment, mm -hmm. because this is so to me, you know, everything that you've said and you've applied this to other animals, I believe, but the, the chicken study is like mind blowing for people who are, skeptics so can you talk to us about the happy what i call the happy chicken project i know that's not what you call it but i don't know what else to say tell us I, about the chickens i actually refer to it a lot like that too okay. uh, but also, yeah, I mean, also going back to what you said i mean um in hamburg and just quickly that's a town where they i'm trying to say it in like 10 seconds but just sure. the town where a cell, cell tower was um installed and it caused a lot of um, issues for the people, but not only for the people, for the animals. And my father, who had graduated from APH in Zurich, um, a few people in Switzerland were familiar with his work, and we were invited to provide a solution. So, uh, by Jamit, there wasn't a solution installed on the uh, on the cell tower and in the town, and uh, it was. Uh, it was a successful solution, but of course, during the press release, um, there was uh, a few people that actually came out and said, well, this is a placebo effect or mass hypnosis, um, which, which is, um, I, I understand that it can be the automatic reaction to this, but then um, the, the, the residents did come out and say that the answer was actually really funny. Uh, it was, uh, sir, our cows don't speak Arabic. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, to that, when um, later on in Egypt, 
uh, my father actually gave a, a, a TEDx talk, and it was called Why is the Cow Smiling? And he took out all the news articles where they spoke about the cows in the barn and the biogeometry effect um, because he was saying, you know, had, had it not been Switzerland where there would have been a lot of news about the cows, then this would have all just been set aside as a placebo or a mass hypnosis. And, um, you know, going to the, the, the work with the chickens, um, so the work with the chickens is work we did in, in Alma with a company called Nutrinor. And uh, we have a biogeometry student, to, well, two biogeometry students to really thank for this work. Uh, one was in, in Egypt, there was a, and so in Egypt we do have several people who have gotten both, both who have done their both their masters and PhD thesis in biogeometry. And in one of them, it was, uh, um, it was to raise chickens without any types of chemicals or antibiotics. And so uh, we had then a student in North America who saw this research and took it to a uh, company in Quebec and convinced them to set up a research phase with us. Uh, to and, and they get some kind of research tax credit. So he really badgered them for about six months until they finally said, fine, you can have the research facility for a period of three months. And what they did is um, they were unable to raise uh, chickens without antibiotics uh, commercially for more than three months. So they helped us uh, set up a research project where we had, uh, so there was comparison farms nearby, and then within that actual farm where we were working, it was split up into, um, into half on each floor. There was uh, three floors. On, on each floor, there would be chickens without antibiotics, on each floor is with antibiotics, and then the actual farm was biogeometry, and then there was a farm next to it. Um, well, there were several farms that had the same cycle and feeding that you could use as a control. And, you know, basically after three months, we said, okay, um, so now that we've done the research, is it possible to get the research documents from you? And then they said, well, why don't, why don't you keep going for another three months? <laughs> and we said, okay. So then after another three months, we said, okay, great, so can we get the research? At that time, it was because in the beginning, we didn't think that they were interested in biogeometry so much. Then after about nine months, they actually came and they gave us a letter um, with all, the, all of our documents and then offered, for, offered to do all of their farms with biogeometry. So when we worked on all the farms, and when I say worked on, we do install, I mean, we work with the energy of shape. That's what biogeometry is. Um, a lot of people are, are familiar with, when I say the energy of shape, a lot of people are familiar more with sacred geometry than biogeometry. So sacred geometry is basically focused on, um, on the, the one, the, the golden ratio, the one to 1.6. And Sacred geometry actually translates um, or, or comes from the concept of sacred, um, a sacred energy quality into quantity. So sacred geometry tries to use that golden ratio to reproduce a harmonizing energy quality in the space. Now, in biogeometry, we find that, yes, this is an important um, ratio, but it's one of many. But it is sacred geometry is a good example to show you this concept of the energy quality of shape. So is the concept, so is the Giza pyramids of Egypt, of course. That's probably even a better example. But to explain what I do when we say work on the farm, we go in and we add specific shapes. We work on adding shapes onto the water um, pipes, onto the electric panel. Uh, we work on actually all of the building materials of the farm. And so after our initial research phase, basically that company came and they offered us to work on all of their farms. And they were ready to raise uh, chickens completely without any antibiotics or chemicals because we now had um, a solution that we showed them. 
Now, in the beginning, what happened is they, the dis, so they work with distributors, and one of the distributors actually came and said, um, we're not interested in the chickens without antibiotics now. And so this was, uh, this was kind of the shocker. So you learn a little bit, like you learn a lot about, not a little, you learn a lot about the industry where, for example, I mean, we spent a lot of time researching this and uh, working on our solution. And, and then we, we read in the news that, for example, McDonald's is going antibiotic-free. So then we went to, we went back to the company and we said, well, we've been doing this research with you for like a year now. And if, if McDonald's can go antibiotic free, then there's obviously a good solution out there. And you didn't really need biogeometry. And then uh, it turns out that when, after we dug a little bit, that yes, they're going antibiotic free, but only human grade antibiotics. Mm. We learned a lot about the labeling and the types of things that happen with food. But then, so going back to the distributors, they said, you know what? Um, maybe in a few years, people are going to care enough about their food to all want this. But right now, it's not the case. So right now, people do not really um, are not. There isn't enough people who are willing to go out and look for antibiotic-free chicken or um, or pay uh, pay extra for it, even though with the biogeometry solution you wouldn't need to pay extra for it because you're removing the antibiotics, um, and so that actually saves the money. So then, the company that we work with, they were actually really great, and they said, you know what, um, it doesn't matter. We still we know we can make something healthier. We still want to work with you and place this in our farm. And so we worked with them, and then uh, a few. Um, I'd say like maybe two years later, and we've, we've been doing this project now for, uh, I'd say like three, four years. Uh, and so a few years later, they were in, um, they, they went for a meeting with the distributor and they were meeting us after. And we were kind of used to a type of, we thought that it would be a, a pessimistic type of meeting with them because they weren't convinced of biogeometry and they weren't really looking for uh, to produce chickens without antibiotics or, um, or any type of, uh, any other type of really chemicals that they're being exposed to. Um, and so they actually came from the meeting, the Nutrinor, the company that we work with, and they said, well, that went really well. They, uh, they, they want the biogeometry chickens now. And we said, well, so is, does that mean that now people care more? And and what they said about the market is, is coming to be, where people are demanding um, more chickens without antibiotics. And they said, um, no, but they actually, they use the word that the chickens, they notice the difference that the chickens that come from the biogeometry farms are happier and they get along together more. So they don't fight with each other. That's what they said. They come out more beautiful and they're happy chickens. And so that's where the term happy chicken came from. <laughs> I, w I would think that, well, I I've done this in other fields uh, where you you come up with a solution like, let's say, ozone and water purification. And you produce really beautiful, clean water, which is much more of a European standard. And then the Americas were still wrangling that into place that you present them with a system, you would think that the cost savings alone would have them be like, look at this. Wow, we're saving all this money on antibiotics and chemicals. And, and we have healthier chickens. You would think that would be the gateway in my mind, but a lot of times people seem to resist that because that's, that's amazing and makes me chuckle that they're coming away going, that went really well. <laughs> really? That's shocking. That's, that's very exciting yeah, to hear that, you know. Chicken farmers, I'm not picking on chicken farmers, but I mean that, you know, a, a corporate structure would be like, that went well. We're excited. Let's keep doing this. That's really, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it takes time for things like people, um, it, biogeometry is new. And then they're looking for solutions to, um, they're looking for solutions within uh 
already within what they, so a lot of times, for example, when we go work, um, a lot of times we, do, we don't have a, a magic solution. We need to do some research to figure out when we're placing the shapes to get everything right. And then, so a lot of times companies are really, they're worried about, so what if you, what if we tell you, you can't place a shape right there? We say, don't worry, we're going to work with you. We're not going to, we're not going to come in and, um, mess up any of your commercial practices but sometimes it's a it's a bit of a, a hurdle to, to get there and so they look for solutions with uh i guess within their um already within their commercial practices so for example what i mean is with the chickens about antibiotics what we heard is instead now what what larger companies are going to start doing is raising within the same farm, a cycle of chicken with antibiotics and a cycle of chicken without antibiotics, and then a cycle of chicken with antibiotics, but then that really doesn't give you antibiotic-free chicken. It gives you a chicken that can be labeled as antibiotic-free, but it doesn't really give you um, antibiotic-free chicken. Uh-huh. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, um, it's unfortunate sometimes how it takes time for, uh, for new technologies to... to to come out. Right. And it, I, I think it'll be fun down the road when people that have worked there during this entire cycle, perhaps notice that they're feeling better. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. that, cause that's the part, I think that's the part that probably they're, they're not necessarily even thinking about is you're creating a field, I'll call it. And I don't mean a grassy field. I mean, a field of energy that people are working in, that are going to be healthier, that are going to be happier, that are going to be more at ease. I mean, you have happy chickens. Eventually, people will be, you know, they'll fall into it as well. They'll be happy people. <laughs> um, no, and I, I think that's an amazing I, secondary I, benefit. And we've seen that already. I mean, I should, and just to, I mean, just to, to kind of go, go back and correct. I'm not, you know, when I say unfortunate for new technologies to come out, of course, um, you know, I'll, I, I should amend that to say that, you know, it, being in this field, a lot of people think that that in the field of alternative medicine or subtle energy, that we are not 100% for, um, you know, research and 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 the scientific method. But we we completely are. If anything, if you go, we always tell people the only claims we can ever make are based on our research. Um, but it's not what I would say is not unfortunately unfortunate for new technologies to come out, but unfortunate how some people will not be open to trying out new things. Um, so, so we've seen even when the evidence is there that people will still not be open to trying it out, which is why, for example, like I said, it took that student so long. But even going back to say how people are feeling, to that's actually what got the interest for the work is one of the one of the first people that we first worked with um, in the farm. Her uh, her son was diagnosed with asthma, mm. and she had us over for lunch when we were first doing the installation. And she had us over for lunch, and then um, he uh, she she was telling us about her son and how he would have to basically live with an inhaler. So we asked if we could just see the bedroom area. And then when we were there, um, we found that the bed was on, uh, it was uh, facing uh, one wall. We were getting um, a lot of this, uh, there was a cell tower on that side of the wall and you had a line. Remember we also, like how we just mentioned that when you have that geopathic stress and you have a cell tower coupled together, the effect can be stronger. So we we uh, we basically placed a solution um, towards on that side of the wall. So a specific um, we call it a Hamburg emitter, but it was because it was developed in Hamburg. But we placed something pointing towards that um, tower, and and then a few things on that wall, and um, actually just moved the bed off of it, uh, off of that line a little. And then uh, when she took her son back. The doctor said that he's fine and he had he was misdiagnosed, and that is actually what got the those some of the local people to be interested in supporting biogeometry. Um, 
because she was because they got to experience it personally. And so, what you're saying is so important that um, that it it does make a difference when people do start seeing the personal experiences. I mean, another farmer we work with, we worked in a, um, a, a dairy farm as well, and and he was able to uh, drink the milk from his farm, and he's lactose intolerant. Wow. And so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and and I, I think when people do experience it, you do get a big um, shift where people are more accepting towards it. Sometimes it's just harder to know the effect that will happen. So what I mean is, uh, so we had, for example, a class in um, in Egypt who, as uh, we you can, we have by geometry classes. And then one of them went, and as part of the class, they went in and worked on the environment of a school. Now, at the time, uh, there was really no no claims made to the school in the sense that we showed the biogeometry research, but more than that, it was known to them that this was a class that was practicing. And the school actually sent a letter later to the teacher from that class and said, you know, um, one of the problems that we really had is that we were losing teachers. And ever since you've come in your class and you did the work, we're not losing teachers anymore. And we noticed as well that um, the parents are willing to, they, they stay with the kids in school. So when they drop them off, they don't kind of, they, they will actually go and, and walk them to the, to the school. And then after school, they will stay with them on the school grounds a little bit longer versus where they would just kind of have the parents rushing in and picking up the kids quickly. And so they just sent a letter saying that that has really helped the environment for the kids. And we see these, this kind of thing all the time. So we're, when you see the environment getting, um, getting corrected, you will notice all of these different changes. But um, it's really interesting for us as well because we really do say in biogeometry that a lot of times the, the most you can do is, is is try to create as much of a harmonizing space as possible, and then you watch the effect. So you, we say that the highest title you can have is to just be a doorman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then um, you know it's it's it really is a story we've seen again and again. Like if the first article to come out, the design article to come out about biogeometry was in New York, um, an article about an apartment designed by um, Michael Keith. And the editor of Veranda Magazine decided that he's going to title the article Calm because he noticed that it was, he had a very, um, he had a cameraman that was super stressed out. And he noticed that whenever he would enter this apartment that was done with biogeometry, he would be more calm. So he wrote the whole article based on that. Wow. I'll have to get that article name and reference to put in the show notes afterwards because that's a, that's a great reference. Um, we're going to take oh, a very, great. Uh, we're going to take a very short break and then I have a follow-up question and then we're going to get into talking about the Mandala book, which I love. Just one moment. Soundhealthportal.com The body's vocal indicators move with every frequency set that goes from your brain to any part of your body. We have a Dr. Russ Rudy who came to us on a scooter. He had multiple sclerosis. Frequencies of his nerves were dead from the waist down. I'm speaking as a physician and a patient. Uh, I went down the medical road first. I didn't get any answers that were acceptable to me. You know, when they hear something like, I'm going to listen to you speak and I'm going to analyze and I'm going to play tones for you, make it better, it just sounds so foreign to what we're expecting. And it took us from November of one year to May of the next, and it regrew the nerves from his waist down. So now we can believe it because it was science. I've seen it work in so many cases. I'm proof of it. I mean, nobody, nobody, five or six years ago would expect me to be doing what I am today. Join us at soundhealthportal.com. So things that are out there that we don't have very good treatment for, why shouldn't they be allowed to try something different? And with 
with cows, because they're bigger and you can observe more of them. I mean, I think it's hard to <laughs> observe much with chickens. Uh, do you notice, do you have any settings where you have created a, a harmonic field? Again, I'll use that term. And that the larger animals tend to sort of what I would call lean into that area. If they have a choice between an unbalanced area and a balanced area, are animals gravitated toward balanced areas or fields? Yeah. I mean, um, you actually, there's, there's both types. So for example, um, dog cows as well will actually go towards a power spot. There's, um, uh, you'll actually hear a lot of these stories. So there's one comes to mind where um, I visited, I was teaching recently in Scotland and there was a really beautiful castle there. And then if you go down to the, I don't know, I don't know whether to call it a basement or a dungeon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, I'll say I'll say dungeon since it's a castle, but there's this tree and they have this fenced tree. And then the story, if you actually read, talks about how um, it was uh, this this uh, the reason they picked the location for this castle was because um, there was a donkey who was uh, I don't I, I don't know if it was um, who told those like I don't know if it was um, how they were told to do this, but basically they were told to take a donkey with a cart full of gold and then wherever, follow that donkey and wherever he goes and he stops is where the castle should be built. And, wow. And then, and then he stops under this tree and you have the castle built there. You have the same thing actually in um, Switzerland right next to where we... Um, Right, right next to where we used to live, there's a there's a famous church, uh, Grossmünster, and then also there's a story where there was a stag that Charles the Great was hunting, and then that stag stopped running from him, and it came to a location, and it just stopped, and that location is the location of the church. So he he didn't um, where where that stag stopped, he was told he kind of told them don't like, um, of course they didn't kill it after that and then they built the church right there so there's so many stories where animals can identify power spots um and a lot of times as well i mean in in egypt as well you have um uh uh we have another place called um uh, the the the, um, mosque of um, hamad ali and that was also you you know the, the way that they chose that location is they would look at um, how fresh uh, animal meat from that area was. Sometimes they would also look at the rate of fermentation of milk or yeast in these areas um, in order to pick locations for which to build. And so you you definitely, I mean, with the cow farms, what we found is, so what happened actually when we first went to work on a dairy farm, we went to help with um, you have to have a certain leukocyte count. You have to be under a certain number for a leukocyte count for a farm to be um, to be viable as a dairy farm. And so when we went, uh, we worked with um, uh, a farmer there, and he was uh, so he was showing us around, and he didn't know about biogeometry. So he showed us an area where the cows, um, there was his thickest cow, and then he showed us an area where he had his healthiest cow. And so after that, we did the measurements, and we were just like, well, this is there's a, there's a line here, and then this area is good. And he kind of rolled his eyes where it was like, well, I just told you that my sickest cow was there, and now you're coming and saying, oh, this area is the worst. And so we just left, and what he did is he took his healthiest cow and put the healthiest cow in the area where the sickest cow was, and he took the sickest cow and put it where the healthiest cow was. And then he called us about a week later, and he said, okay, now I really need your help because the (laughs) healthiest cow is now giving um, a leukocyte count that, and they averaged the whole farm, is now uh, where it was bringing down the leukocyte count is now raising it. 
And then that's how we actually started to work with him. And, um, and, and it's been, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been great ever since. And, uh, um, you know, we do a lot of, and he actually, from the results of biogeometry, he ended up, we went once and, um, we were measuring the farm and there was all of this, the energy of the farm had just suddenly become, it was doing really well and suddenly it, it became worse and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And we went, and because of the work with biogeometry, um, he had built all of these pyramids in his garden, which was right next to the farm. Now, um, if, if you've read my father's book, the pyramid shape, um, as it's normally copied, so a lot of people copy the pyramid shape with the, the Great Pyramid of Giza, is actually a shape that is, that is detrimental, that is not good for you. And mm. uh, so when he had done that, it actually affected the whole farm, and we had to go in and readjust all of that. So, uh, so that's a tip I can say for anybody out there listening who's interested in the work of the energy of shapes. If you, um, if you, there's certain photos that you can even see online that will show you that the pyramid of Giza is actually eight-sided and not four-sided. And mm. if you reproduce it in an eight-sided manner, then you will get the beneficial effect. But if you do it uh, four-sided, then you will have a shape that is actually impacting you in a negative way. And then more than that also, I mean, if we're going to mention the pyramids, we have to also say that the, the most important things about the, the most important aspect of the Pyramid of Giza in Egypt isn't actually... Um, the pyramids themselves, it's the area they're placed on. So they are energy emitters, but we have to pay attention to what they're emitting, and they're placed on a power spot. Mm. All right, that's another show. <laughs> I can tell. That's a whole other show. That's great, because I think of the Whole Life Expos and the shows that I did for years, the health festivals and health events, with people walking around with four-sided uh, copper pyramids on their head, and I think, that explains so much about those people, now that I know that. Well, we just came back also from, uh, my father was receiving an award in the pyramid conference, and we had a lot of students there, and then there was all these pyramids being sold. And then, um, so they, they went in and they just spoke to everybody there. But it was, it was great. I mean, they're, the biogeometry, they, they're great. They're, the students, they knew what they were talking about. They, they spoke about it to people in a really educational way. And, and I think it helped everybody. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it, it's a good, it's a good uh, topic for another show for sure. And um, yes, yes. <laughs> and so now, um, I, I can't believe we got to, we're already here, that, how did you put together mandalas and biogeometry signatures? How did that, so, how did that uh, meld together? I understand the two separately, but how did you have the vision to put the two together? So it was, um, you know, it was, it was actually kind of out of just personal need in the sense of, so if, uh, so recently, we not recently, like um, maybe two or three years ago, we had an event in Montreal that celebrated the 45 years of biogeometry. And um, we, uh, at that time, uh, released what's called the Biogeometry Signatures book. And so biogeometry signatures that we call biosignatures, just to quickly explain what they are. So the biosignatures are, um, if you think of the meridians of the body, so uh, along the body, you have energy lines, and they follow the shape of the body. And each um, each energy line, each meridian, uh, affects a different function in the body. So we actually find the same thing where if you look at every single organ of the body, you have different energy lines running through each organ. Um, if you want to think of it as within each organ, different lines that have a different frequency. We, we prefer to use the term energy quality, but basically all of these energy patterns in the body have um, different frequencies. And when you, when you have the right, so for, for example, if you look at the biosignatures book, you'll see that if you, for the heart organ, for example, you'll see that we have 10 or, or 12 different 
energy patterns that you find running um, within the heart organ. And you can actually um, even, you know, begin to, to trace those out and we show people how to do that in class. And uh, when you place the, uh, the proper, so if you have, for example, let me, let me try to say this in, I'm trying to do it quickly, but clearly. <laughs> so um, when you place the biosignature pattern on the body, you get a resonance of shape with the pattern in the organ, and it begins to balance it. So basically, to look at how the mandala book came to be, we had already a body of biosignatures or shape patterns in the body, shape patterns of the body that will help correct uh, different organ functions. And at that time, uh, there was a huge craze with coloring books. Um, I, the, there was a really beautiful one that I saw my niece had, I think it was called The Secret Garden or something like that. And there was, you know, all these articles coming out about um, how, about how uh, the, the therapeutic effects of coloring and how it can help you relax. So I bought one of these coloring books, but, you know, being that we had all of these patterns that actually enter into resonance with the body and have a balancing effect on the body, I knew that if, if I was going to be coloring, I wanted to, to color with, with patterns that are already beneficial for the body that even just looking at them has a beneficial effect. So for years, for example, we knew that with, if, you, if you have the copy of the Biosignatures book, you can get the effect of the Biosignatures just by drawing them or tracing them. And so um, I started working with different organs and creating mandalas out of them. So there's a lot of principles there that come in where, um, for example, we know that uh, there's a principle that we call... Uh, double interface in biogeometry, where at basically when you have um, one thing going into another, we call that a double interface, that same like positive negative space, and you actually get a really strong um, energy quality where we call it, we say it's, um, we call it the negative green energy quality. You get that between any two boundaries. It creates kind of a communication. And then when you have a double interface, you get the same quality that you actually have from the sacred uh, power spots that we call BG3. So, for example, um, there's a lot of famous labyrinths that people go and walk through, and you get that effect. You will get that from uh, if you work a lot with puzzle pieces. That's kind of where you why you get that therapeutic effect. So... That's why you'll notice that the mandala book has really intricate patterns because I wanted to emphasize that double interface with the pattern that enters into resonance with the body. And also, there's a third aspect there where whenever you have, um, when we look at a shape, for example, it's, if you look at a circle, at the center of that circle, there's that's where you find in a shape, that's where you find the energy of a sacred power spot. And the funny thing is, if you look at it, a circle actually has no center. Because if you were to, if I was to draw a circle and then um, ask you, where is the center of this circle? So where is that sacred power spot energy quality we're looking for? You might point right to the middle of the circle, but I can expand the center and enlarge it so that you have a center of a center. And then you will point within that, and then I would enlarge it again. So that's why we say that we're working with a transcendental energy quality. But the mandalas also have the aspect of taking you to the center. So you will also get this same effect, for example, if you look at uh, perspective paintings. So perspective paintings where everything emanates and goes back to one center, you actually will find that BG3 energy quality, that sacred energy quality within the perspective painting. So working with the mandalas, you actually get this energy quality of the center, the energy quality of the double interface, and the energy quality of the biosignatures. And for each mandala, um, I picked 
a maximum of one or two biosignatures focusing on a specific organ. And then you can basically, I mean, um, different people will take it to different levels. So those that have a background with, for example, even colors and organs will, will, color, will pick the biosignature Mandela for the organ that they want to work on or work with and then pick colors related to that organ or that chakra. Um, some people even color it with, uh, in, in kind of a grayscale with a pencil. So there's no rules really, but the idea is um, to go beyond just the concept of coloring for relaxation and make sure that you are balancing the body at the same time. So you're using the, uh, I think in the coloring book, it talks about using the mandala as a focusing, what I would call a focusing device. So the mandalas themselves, or a mandala in in general, all mandalas, have a certain kind of focusing energy to them, not energy related to biogeometry necessarily, but just it's kind of a fo- it's it's a classic focusing device of one kind or another. So you're using that in combination with the biosignatures to get people to be gently engaged in a kind of a clear state almost a BG3 state, That's, those are my words, everybody, uh, almost a BG3 state to really be able to take in the energy, so to speak, of seeing the biosignatures while you're in that slightly softened altered state. Does that sound, yes. is that a good interpretation? No, that's a perfect interpretation. And it, and like, I mean, the, the we had a lot of people, We we are doing some work with, um, classroom designing classrooms for um, uh, for autistic children or um, children with ADD and ADHD. So we're, we're doing that in collaboration with the Autistic Society in Egypt. And so um, I, you know, we've had some opportunities where uh, the mandalas have been given to. Uh, to autistic children or children or adults with ADD or ADHD. And the funny, uh, not funny, but the interesting part was, um, and, and also with different, uh, this is kind of all over the world, people have, have written to me about um, using these uh, mandalas with children. And what I would say the interesting part is, is when you look at the mandalas, uh, I thought that they would actually be too intricate to be used with children. They're, they weren't, um, they weren't easy to, to color. But uh, when I saw some of them, some of them were even just you had uh, children who would be coloring them with, with just just one color. And sometimes they wouldn't even be going, um, they, they, even if they weren't able to focus on exactly the biosignature pattern, they would actually be able to um, sit, sit still and color this for hours. And it would really, uh, the feedback that I got is it would really calm them down. And so, for example, we had um, uh, w- one of our home practitioners, uh, her name is Eva, who I uh, uh, talked to in Taiwan. She, she did this. She, was, they, she went to um, a, a center where they were doing sessions for uh, children with autism. And, and this, is, I, this is what I used to um, volunteer with when I was in, in university, too. And so I would uh, volunteer at the uh, art therapy centers for children with autism, and I would volunteer at the Autistic Society in Egypt. And so she, um, so Eva would actually, she, she took the book to the, some centers there, and they, would, they asked her back, this was more for adults, but they asked her back because they said that this was one of the first times that they would have them be uh, sitting coloring uh, for more than an hour without um, uh, kind of without getting um, they would just sit calmly and color and relax without getting agitated without um, and and like she, they had really good feedback and they asked her to come back and do more of these coloring sessions. That's really wonderful for the idea of as you say it's they're very intricate. I have the book in front of me, and they're quite intricate. Uh, but they're lovely to look at, even in their, you know, even in their black and white state, they're quite lovely. So the idea of having kids color them in, actually, I have a couple of adults <laughs> that aren't 
diagnosed as ADD or ADHD, but yeah, there's some stuff there. And I think as a calming device, it seems very, you know, really quite powerful to take time. I started coloring in. I have, I have minus artistic skills with anything, a pencil or any kind of device in my hand. So it's a little, I feel awkward at first, but I do feel smoother. I'll say that. Um, but they're quite lovely. So I love the idea of kids getting engaged. Obviously, they really get engaged in them to sit down, as you say, to have an ADHD kid or adult sit down and be able to do that as a focusing device, unintentionally focusing device, and be able to spend an hour or so without agitation or incident. That's really stupendous. And then to add in the idea of them doing that and being in a harmonic field, what I call harmonic field, um, is really seems amazing potential. And the idea of doing classrooms with with your shape form and creating inter, you know fields that students can go into and be balanced, um, just going in so they're not assaulted with EMF and RF and all sorts of stuff. That's that's wonderful work. That's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, Are it you- was. The, the thing with mandalas is it was it was developed for adults. It was developed for me in the beginning, like I mentioned. It was kind of a I was I was coloring them, I was working with them. And when we released the biosignatures book in the forty five years, um, it was my father and well my parents who kind of pushed and said, Listen, like you're doing this and it's gonna be beneficial to people, why don't you also release it at the same time? But uh, I mean like you're talking about that focus field and getting um, uh, going beyond the regular focusing of coloring, what happened in the beginning is when I would do, I obviously in the beginning, having done the mandalas for myself, focused on the organs that, that matter to, to me personally. Um, but then more and more um, people would come and say, so as, I mean, as we have so many in our work and also with thousands of students now, we do teach how you can measure and assess your own subtle energy field. So the really great thing is then I got to work with so many of these students who would say, well, I can't find a mandala for this. And then I would work on creating it and sending it to them. And then they would do the testing. We would test it on other people and get that feedback back. So it was a really great process to make them. And I I do hope to make more. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm so glad to hear that you that you use them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the kind of guy that looks like I would be using this. Um, you know, I just. <laughs> uh, and I do find it, uh, you know, quite enjoyable. Once I get, as I said, well, once I get past the, I have no artistic skills. Once I get past that block, then I'm good. It was just the like, I've never been able to draw. I've never been, I was never good at coloring as a child. I don't have any, I just never developed any of those skills. But I find it, uh, ref- what I, calming and refreshing, I would think, would be a way I'd say it. So it's exciting. Well, that's, yeah, that's great to hear. And, uh, you know, yeah. thank you for having me to talk about them. I think you knew from the beginning that I I wasn't one that's for interviews, <laughs> but you, yeah. um, you, you, yeah, you made me really comfortable to come on air and, and, and talk to you about this. Um, I don't you. think it would have... I remember when you first said, so why don't we talk about this? And I said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> so, yes, slowly. Uh, I create yeah. my own biogeometry of sorts. <laughs> I am a calming effect. <laughs> yes, yeah, you created your own biogeometry calming effect. Um, and so, yeah, so, so thank you for having me here to talk about them. You bet. I have one question. Uh, well, there are a number of questions, but we won't get to all of them. Uh, I have two questions from chat that I want to ask you. One is very specific. Somebody's asking the difference between the L90 and the L66 stickers, EMF stickers. Could you clear that for them? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we have, so the L90 and the L66, if you look on um, on our website, you'll see that there's we're not very creative in our naming. So the L90 is, it looks like an L with a 90 degree angle. And the L66 looks like an L with a 66 degree angle. And um, these angles were measured to 
to to help with specific levels of the subtle ener- uh, of the subtle energy body. So the L90 works more on the emotional level, and the L66 works more on the vitality level. So for a lot of the um, so the reason for EMF, we recommend the L66 sticker. So for the L66 sticker goes on electrical appliances, um, and the L90 works on the emotional level. And normally we recommend the L90 on windows, but if you have a window that's facing a cell tower, you can also add an L66 sticker on there. And you, we also have them as um, necklaces. Now the reason I say normally is because most people are not aware that EMF does have an effect on the emotional level as well. So if you're, I would generally recommend that as a pendant, people wear both. Uh, and we saw this a lot in Hamburg where we, when we went in and we did the work in biogeometry, in the beginning, the assessment was just on, the, the assessment prepared by the physician was physical symptoms, but that resident actually came and said, no, we need to add our mental symptoms in there because that cell tower is affecting the biggest thing was this after this, the cell tower was installed, we don't feel like we have a will to live. That was the biggest feedback. So we found that you really do want to support that emotional level as well. But in use, L90s on the windows and mirrors, L66 on electrical appliances. Great. Okay. And <laughs> I'm laughing because of this question. Uh, the, somebody last time when I interviewed your father, uh, Ibrahim, um, somebody was interested in some information and they called a phone number and it was all in French. <laughs> so they're wondering, is there a phone number where they can call that it's not in French? So, um, that, yeah, that would be our, our Montreal office. Um, the, the best way to get, you can still leave, uh, if you want, you can still leave the, it will go from, from French to English, but you could still leave a message there in English and then somebody would, would call you back. Um, if somebody's at the office, then for sure they'll pick up. So you can, you can still leave an English uh, voicemail on there. You can leave an Arabic voicemail on there or a French voicemail on there and somebody will call you back. Um, or to just email info at biogeometry.com as well. Great. And where can people get more information for the listening audience, for the people that have, aren't on the website, where can they get more information about biogeometry? Um, I mean, you could start with the book always. So just uh, biogeometry.com. Uh, sorry, with the website always, biogeometry.com. But then I would always say to also start with the, with the book, you know, start with um, – uh, back to a future for mankind or biogeometry signatures. You, you'll see, depending on your, if you want to know more of the theory behind biogeometry, things like the pyramids, like we spoke about, that would be back to a future for mankind. If you're more interested in the biosignatures, that, those energy patterns of the body and how they can affect you, that would be the biogeometry signatures book. And if you want to just try out something to, to help yourself, if you go to the website and you go down to the footer, of the website under resources, there's going to be a link to what we call the biosignatures paper emitter. And that's a paper that has um, uh, a number of biosignatures on it, and you can just print it out. And there's instructions for how you can start using it, even with just your photo, because your photo contains the information of your subtle energy system. Or you can use something like a piece of your, like a, a hair or something, and use the emitter with that or even cut out those biosignatures and keep them on you. Um, but just print out, you, you would need to kind of print out a, a, a new set um, every day or laminate it and wash it with uh, salt and water once a day because it helps clear the energy off of the, the, the paper. So that's, that's a resource that people can just start using uh, right away and, and trying it out. If you go to the Facebook group, you'll find... Um, uh, two of the mandalas on there that you can print out and use and start coloring and try it out. And is the Facebook group facebook.com slash biogeometry? Um, that's the, the page, um, but uh, I'll, I'll, there's the Biogeometry Egypt. It's called official Biogeometry Egypt official English group. But what I'll do is uh, we can just post on the page. Uh, we can post the link to the group. So if anybody finds one, they'll go to the other. Okay, great. Okay. 
And are you teaching any online classes yet? Uh, no, getting there. Getting there. Good. We do want okay. to. We'll talk um, about that backstage. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited about that idea. Yeah, it's, 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 it's happening, and, and it's just um, it's focusing on getting the online classes, and then also we're working on – we have recently launched um, – well, not recently, but it's been revamped recently. We're, we're getting students licensed as home practitioners to go into the home and offer biogeometry services. So the other two tracks that we're, we've been waiting to offer students for a while is to get licensed to design with biogeometry. And then also to work with uh, biosignatures is the third track. And so we're focusing on getting those and then hopefully online classes as well. Um, and we don't, and we're, and one, if you go to one of our instructors, Dr. Robert Gilbert, um, his website is vesica.org. And, and he has not biogeometry, not online biogeometry classes, but he does have related online classes that, uh, that are really great. Wonderful. I'll put that in show notes for everybody who's trying to scribble everything down rapidly, but I'll put that in the uh, show notes. Well, that was very fun. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got to biogeometry you into stepping to the microphone. That was great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, and I'll post this all in show notes. The replay will be available in about uh, 20 minutes after I hit end, and you can find that at soundhealthoptions.com. Click on the radio tab. Click on the Sound Health radio show and the link to the show and the show notes, and the replay will be there. And you can also find it on any of the podcast aggregators like iTunes or Dogcatcher or Pocket Cast. Just search for Sherry or Stitcher. Uh, search for Sherry Edwards and the 600 and some odd shows will show up and this will be at the top. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week. Bye-bye. That'd be great. Uh, she's going to hang up on us now. Okay. I'll, I'll, um... Now you're back. Are you still there or is she hung up on us yet? Uh, she cut us off. Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from?